before on a Wednesday. What is this? It's amazing. That's what it is. You know oh, what? This has, horn, okay. this has Harold, Harold Faltmeyer vibes to it. Kinda. It's not upbeat enough. No, but it's in that very like. Harold Faltermeyer was like charging forward in that in this very sort of low rent dollar store style that is the generic music vault. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, this is awesome. Again, we need a dog cam in studio. One, because anytime these songs come on, Andy does a chair dance, which, in befitting with most of his character, is just adorable to watch. Not that kind of chair dance. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you haven't, like... Laddie's <laughs> having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Dollar bill sliding. The chair dances you're thinking of involve being out of the chair. You're actually just sitting in the chair, bobbing your head up and down. Again! Not that, not that kind of chair. Can I touch him? Yeah, not that kind of chair dance. Okay. All right. Let's fade this down before things get too crazy. This is getting pretty (laughs) wacky here on the Halford and Bruff Show in the morning. (laughs) Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. Uh, Chris Faber is going to join us in just a sec here to kick off hour three. It's brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound. Dot com today. Kintech, go. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500. Five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I know we got to get to Faber, but I, I have wanted to ask you a question. Yes. All show. Yes. Are you intentionally color coordinating? They asked me that this morning. The dogs yeah, did. Because I've noticed you do that. So right now, Halford is wearing, like, it's a black and white ensemble. It's an old... Um, it's kind of a combination Chicago White Sox hat. Correct. Because uh, it's the black and white, but it's the old logo. It's the old, it's the new White Sox colors, black and white, with the old yeah. White Sox logo. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then you're also wearing a black and white sh- uh, track. I've been doing this. I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. No, just nobody ever noticed. Right. I told me it's a stop. But is that, is that your bad. brand now? Is that what you do? Like, you know how everyone's got, like, because ever since we're streaming, is that. Is that what you do now? But I was doing... This is just how I've always dressed. It's not, though. It's not it, at it's all. Not. It is. I've known it you is. a long time. Yeah, you, this... I've never I've never been like, there goes Halford, color-coordinated again. Yeah, go look back through... No. Yeah. You have done I've, this. I have, I have track jackets. But you've never color-coordinated have... like yes. this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just I always have. Just no one ever, no, no one ever noticed me. Mm-hmm. So sad. You don't stand out enough. No, that's why I had to color-coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man you look like you're gonna start rapping my adidas <laughs> i you know that old run dmc track yes well it, one from raising hell one it's very on brand for rough if we're gonna have a, if we're gonna have a hip-hop reference my have, adidas we make a mean team my adidas and me you have to be from 1984 which is when i think that track came out that um, was the first ever rap album i had it was a tape what was the first ever? You've told this anecdote before, but I've forgotten the mm-hmm. first ever tape that you bought. No, on it was the your first own. ever vinyl I got. Oh, okay. Was Van Halen's "1984," Jeez. which has "Jump" and yes. "Panama" on it, and "Hot for Teacher." Unforgettable. You know, if you um, if you Google the word "jump," which song do you think you get first? It's not the Pointer Sisters one, is it? No. Jump around. Oh, jump around. No. Oh. Is it Van Halen's? No. It's "Jump" by Crisscross. 
Oh, that's oh. disappointing. The world constant guys. The world constantly disappoints me. I think this is tailored to Alfred's searches, so that's what he gets when he searches. Yeah, you're that, right. Really, algorithm. The, the algorithm is giving me crisscross. It's because of my. You're not going to start wearing. You're going to be color coordinated with your clothes backwards soon. I no, yeah, This yeah. is his Russian mafia fit. Tomorrow he's coming with the crisscross fit. Do you know when crisscross came out? There were guys in my high school that legitimately yep. started wearing their clothes. Oh, backwards. they were huge, man. I was in elementary, but I mean, I vividly remember it. Yeah, <laughs> you were. Just putting your pants on backwards yeah. at the time. I mean, it was great because I was already. Andy, I was very already, fashion forward. I was already doing it anyway, so I was just great. I didn't have to change Which And is, your underwear on your head. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a new. But it would have been fine because you were a child at the time. Faber's been on hold for right? nine minutes, He's by the fine. way. You know what? He missed a hit. He can suffer. Uh, and that is what this conversation is just intense suffering. Um, it's fine if you were a kid. He's got a good point, though, is there were like grown ass men. <laughs> That were wearing their pants backwards, mm-hmm. and it was the style at the time. You know, it was a huge breakthrough for my high school when House of Pain came out with all their Celtics gear. Yeah, because finally the white guys were like, "Yes, yeah. I yeah. can do this now." Do you have a pair of Dickies and a Larry Bird jersey? <laughs> so you are through the You're looking in glass. the club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Is that a Carhartt shirt? Anyway, let's go to the phone lines. Chris Faber, Canucks Army, Canucks Conversation joins us now from Chris Cross. Chris Faber's going to make you jump, jump. To Chris Faber. And what up, Fabes? Uh, doing good, guys. Just uh, yeah, just sitting over here laughing away. Yeah, that was but, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk Elias Pettersson, the new version. So I'm sure you heard what another classic Halford and Bruff moment yesterday when we thought you were talking to future captain. Elias Pettersson, and then went off on a tangent about that, only to find that that had nothing to do with your conversation because you were talking to the other Elias Pettersson. The first question I have is, is he fully cognizant of the fact that he's the other Elias Pettersson? <laughs> yeah, I I actually listed off like the seven top nicknames that I've seen like around for him, and he laughed at like all of them. He loved all of them. Uh, I asked him if it was weird or funny, and he thinks it's hilarious. Like he he just loves it. He's you know he's aware of like what people were going to say when he said that Elias Pettersson was his favorite player in the NHL. Um, he He's a very aware of it, and I think he thinks it's funny. So it'll be interesting to see what happens eventually when they actually, you know, if they get to the point where they're both in the NHL lineup to see what they do with the jerseys, that's going to be hilarious. But uh, he thinks it's funny. He loves all the nicknames that he sees online. Uh, his favorite one is EP2, he said okay. when I asked him about that. What is is his jersey number number two? Uh, with Sweden, he wears two. I've seen him wear 42 once, and I was mm. like, that's the one. Like, you got to be 42. Uh, so he was going to do, like, I was hoping he was going to do that at the World Juniors. He wore number two, uh, wears number 26 as well. So he's kind of uh, mixes it up. But if he likes EP2, that might be the way to go in the future here. Okay, so EP2 turns 19 in a few days, so still a very young guy. Where is he at his development process? Uh, much further ahead than I think anybody thought he'd be at. He's playing double-digit minutes consistently in the SHL as an 18-year-old. That's really good if you're like a, a scoring winger, right? Like if you're, you know, like Jonathan LeCaramacchi last year in the SHL, but not anymore. But with, with Elias Pettersson, it's, you know, to be a defenseman and to be trusted to play 16 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, that's, that's a huge ask from an 18-year-old in the SHL. That's something that we don't see very often specifically from a guy who isn't a first round pick. So the the development that he's had this season, I talked to him quite a bit about it and he's extremely happy with how everything's going. He gave a lot of praise to Mikhail Samuelson who, you know, each of these Swedish players that I've talked to in the past couple of weeks has brought up uh, and said that he's doing an incredible job with them. It's 
like, you know, drafting is one thing and you need to draft good talent, but developing, I think is, you know, probably even more valuable than having good draft picks later in rounds. Like the Canucks finally have somebody out there in Europe to talk to these players, to go see them in person, to be someone that they trust and learn a lot from. Uh, and it's really good to hear that that's helping with his development, but he's, he's at a level that I don't think I would have expected even giving a really positive outlook into this year. Like I wouldn't have thought he'd be doing what he's doing right now. And that's the reason why he's like our number one prospect. I think he's the number one prospect in the Canucks system. Wow. I think he potentially is above Atu Ratu, who I really haven't had the full evaluation of yet, but I think this guy does so many things so well as an 18 year old, whether it be puck retrievals, uh, he's learning how to be physical. He talked about like loving being the guy who protects his goaltender, protects his teammates. Like there's just a lot to, to love about the way this guy plays the game and what he's doing at 18 years old. So the fact that you call him the Canucks number one prospect is both good for DPD, <laughs> but also not so good for Jonathan LeCaramacchi, who was taken in the same draft 15th overall compared to DPD at 80th overall. It has not been a good season for LeCaramacchi. Um, some of it beyond control, this latest foot injury, not his fault, but also didn't play well at times. Uh, well, for most of the season, I suppose. It's unfortunate because it sounded like he was finding his game and then he got hurt. How much is this injury going to affect his development? Because we were talking about this yesterday. It's not just playing well, it's playing. That's a big part yeah. of developing. Yeah, it's massive. And I think the interesting thing that came from our conversation last week was how different the SHL and the Al Svenskin is and the things that he talked about because the Al Svenskin's the second tier over there, SHL, they're the first tier. And the SHL is such a structured league where you really need to fit into structure. I've heard this from all three of the guys who I've talked to in the last two weeks that play in the SHL. And the Al Svenskin is a league where it feels like it's more back and forth action. And it's kind of, you know, reminds me of the NHL and the AHL a little bit, right? And I thought that when LeCaramecki, when he mentioned that about, the Al Svenskin, I was like, okay, you should like your skills should be good then. Like they should be better in the Al Svenskin. You're a speedy player who likes to shoot the puck, and he just has not had success this year. He scored two goals in 29 games. He added a goal in the shootout, which for some reason they count to the stats there in, in Sweden. So it says he has three goals on the year. He only scored two goals in 29 games this season. Like as a guy who got opportunities on the first line, as a guy who was given power play time throughout the season in each and one, each and every single one of those games, he, you know, he should have scored more. He should have scored a lot more. It's it's an opportunity situation for him there where he was getting the best of them. And he was playing with his, you know, lifelong friends that he's grown up playing junior hockey with on the third line. And they should have chemistry. They should have been scoring. The other two guys were like, you know, like uh, it, it's kind of tough to see the two players get drafted after him have much better seasons. And mm -hmm. I think the skill is obviously there with LeCaramacchi, but there is something really missing. Like it reminds me a lot of what we saw from Danila Klimovich last year, where yes, the skill is clearly there, but there's something not clicking for him to kind of like unlock that skill. And we've seen that with Klimovich this year. So that's a really good step in the right direction. So I don't know, maybe they got to get LeCaramacchi to Abbotsford and, you know, working with the Sedins and, and Colleton down there. But I, I have to imagine him going through this season, though he feels much more comfortable in Sweden. I got to think that that year that he just had, because like his season's over guys, like he, yeah. you know, it's, it's an eight week injury here. I don't think uh Jurgarden's going to be a team that goes really deep into the Al Svenskin playoffs. I, I think he's done playing this year. 
And I have to imagine that this didn't go great for him. And I have to imagine that the other young prospects he's grown up with are likely moving on from there. Like whether they're coming to the AHL or the NHL, they're probably moving on. So I, I, I think he needs to really take an evaluation here of what he wants to do next season. And though he talked about being comfortable in Sweden, I would not be shocked to see the Canucks think that the AHL might be a, an idea for him to really develop kind of closely under, you know, the tutelage of the Sedins and having some other guys here to really help him. And I think he might think that way too, but it's a decision he has to make. And I know he's very comfortable in Sweden. I know that. So Fabes, when you're watching him play, what, what are you seeing out there when you say he's, he's, he's not scoring? Is he not converting on his chances? Is he not getting chances? Does he, does he, is he, is he willing to go to the dirty areas of the ice? Like, is it just not, is he not process processing the game? Can you give us a little bit more insight into what he needs to work on? Yeah, I think the the mindset to attack is something that he really needs to kind of change. It's he's got all the skill in the world. And when he's set up like <laughs> I hate to bring it up like as a comparison, because I know people have been doing this, but like Olio Levy, I thought was a really good penalty killer when he was in a stationary position defending when he had to defend the rush or defend chase a guy in the corner. He was horrendous. But when he was in one spot, he was smart and knew what to do in that spot. Like LeCaramacchi, you know, say the comparisons about the injuries all you want, but like he's kind of doing similar things in the offensive zone where when he's set up on a power play, when he has time to to view the whole ice and have the puck on his stick, he's a really good passer. He's a really good shooter, mm -hmm. but it's just like he hasn't been able to figure out how to generate enough offense off the rush or be able to crash and bang at five on five and get some of those dirty goals. Like he, he needs to find the actual danger areas on the ice. And I don't think he's found that aside from being on the power play. And as a guy who should be scoring and putting up points, you need to be aware of where the danger areas are on the ice and how to get there and be willing to go there and, and you know, bang against some big defensemen and then be able to find the back of the net from some pucks in the crease. Like uh, there's a few Canucks prospects that I really like for that reason. And LeCaramacchi needs to figure that out. There needs to be something that clicks um, so that he can unlock his skill. Cause the skill is clearly there. Like the guy has incredible hands can really see the ice when he has time. And I think he's a player who can shoot the puck extremely well, especially for his size. Like once he puts on some muscle, he's going to have a very good one time or a very strong wrist shot. He's got all that already, but something needs to turn in the development. And this is on the Canucks. The Canucks need to step in here and show what the, you know, show their strength in developing a prospect of theirs, whether it be really honing in on him, if he's in Sweden next year or getting him here to North America and developing, 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 they need to take a step here with their development. This is a challenge for the Vancouver Canucks over the next 12 months to not lose this first round pick. They need to do a huge effort in developing Jonathan LeCaramacchi because he needs some help to develop. That's what I see the situation as. Uh, Atu Ratu, uh, the knock on him is his skating. Um, people will say, well, Bo Horvat improved his skating, so that's not a worry at all. To which I will say, yeah, but what about all the guys that needed to improve their skating and didn't? What kind of a challenge is this going to be for Ratu to, um, I mean... <laughs> Is it a fundamental stride issue that he needs to rebuild his stride or is that a little too much? Yeah, I think the good situation for him is being with the Abbotsford Canucks. Like the Abbotsford Canucks have one of the best, like I don't know 100% if I can say this for sure, but I think it's one of the best, if not the best skating coach in the AHL, right? Like I think that Mackenzie Bray does an excellent job out there. We've heard... I know I've heard from Klimovich. I've heard from a lot of the young players, Arshdeep Baines and Chase Waters about how much better 
they've gotten from skating just from Mackenzie Braden. I know he's done an incredible job out there uh, in Abbotsford, and the, the praise around the league is heard about him. So I, I think it's a really good spot for Ratu right there to learn, whether it be the fundamentals. I just think that for him, it's like he looks – it looks like he's moving – faster than he actually is like i feel like his stride is it looks like it's going the right way but it's not catching enough ice or something like it's not generating the power that you want to see which is like to me that's right up the alley of a skating coach right like skating coaches will teach you how to generate power that should be like the first thing they're teaching you because i i did think that ratu some of the goals he scored this year uh when he was in the ahl for the islanders team the the bridgeport i don't know something's but uh bridgeport islanders yeah, I should have guessed that. But uh, when he was with them, like there was times where I think he scored a couple of overtime goals uh, in the AHL where he just like beat players when he was at full speed. Because I think when he gets five, six steps into like a full ice stride, like he's quick. Like he once he gets full speed, he's there. Like he he's a guy who can probably beat a lot of defense defensemen when he's in a full stride. I'm just curious because it's not like. In hockey, you don't get to your full stride every shift, right? Like a lot of shifts, you'll just be a couple quick steps and you don't get to that full speed. So I think that's going to be the area where he needs to improve, which is you look at a skating coach and I think that's a a great challenge for a skating coach to work on that with him. And if he does, I I really like the way that that Ratu in his first couple AHL games was like getting to danger areas, like finding open ice in the slot, being very active when he didn't have the puck. And I think those are huge things for a player because I think you can teach a lot to somebody in the AHL because you're you're so close to the NHL and specifically the way that Abbotsford and Vancouver are just down the road from whatever skills coach you want to drive out there. We have the Sedins obviously going out there. They have a skating coach. They have a goalie coach. Like They have everything out there that an AHL team needs, and, and not every AHL team in the league has this. Um, but I, I do think that like Ratu's really going to benefit from that type of development, but there's a lot of things that when he thinks the game, like I do very much like the way that he thinks the game in the offensive zone. So that at least is a huge plus. Cause I don't think you can teach how to think the game as much as you can with skating and shooting and stuff like that. We're speaking to Chris Faber from Canucks army and Canucks conversation here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650 fibs. Um, one thing that they might not have out in Abbotsford is enough goalies and Greg Ballack, AKA laddie has been sitting here patiently, not just throughout this hit, but all morning, because he wants to ask you about the plight and the situation of goalies in Abbotsford. Greg, take it away. Well, I noticed, I, the reason I bring this up is because there is a transaction across the wire this morning that the Abbotsford Canucks have signed Ryland Parento to a tryout mm-hmm. contract. He's been in the ECHL for most of the year. What have they been doing at Abbotsford, you know, with, with Martin called up and Delia called up? Obviously, it's, it's been the Sigilovs show down there. Have they decided to just, I noticed there was a, there was a guy born in 1973, David Guy, they signed as a as a backup. Like, what have they been doing with their backup? Has it just been all Seelovs this entire time? Yeah, I mean, a massive run for for Archer Seelovs right now. But of course, Balak brings up a backup goalie in the HL situation. Like, that's the question yeah. that you want to so, It's the pressing I, matters I that it. people need it. to know. No, I love it. If you, here's the thing: if I'll, you don't uh, if you don't let the dogs yeah. get outside and get some fresh air and run, they get they get yeah, bored. Yeah. So here we go. Oh, Next up, you got a you got a Blue Jays depth pitching question. I can't wait for that. Uh, but Jake Kupski was there for a little bit. He was the ECHL goalie of the month uh, with like a crazy, he had like a bunch of shutouts in the ECHL, had like a 930 save percentage or something that month. Uh, he was here for, I think, I think it's like a 15 game contract is what you sign in the AHL, maybe 10 games for just like a PTO in the AHL out of the ECHL. Uh, and then you kind of need to impress enough to earn a real contract. Otherwise, an AHL team will just be like, oh, well, we'll go sign another 
we'll go sign the next top goalie out of the ECHL for the 10 game stint uh, and roll that way. So I think that's kind of the situation here where they're, they're just, you know, whoever's the best out of the ECHL, the Canucks are just signing and bring up. I don't know what happened with this guy guy, but he just was like around, I guess at the time. And then maybe Abbotsford was like, Oh crap. Like our contract with Cupski maybe ran out or something like, you know, so they're kind of just rolling through guys out of the ECHL at this point to back up there. But for Seelovs, it's great, right? Like this this situation that he's in right now is is very interesting because I don't think going into the year, I thought he was going to be playing, you know, multiple sets of back-to-backs, like on a Friday and a Saturday. I didn't think he'd be getting those games. I thought he'd be splitting them with Colin Delia this year, and that's a huge opportunity for him. He's 100% seized it. He's second in the AHL for wins. Save percentage just over 900, but for people that watch the AHL, like, that's not the worst save percentage because there's a lot of scoring chances in the AHL. Uh, and Seelovs just needs to work on a couple different things of like reminds me similar of sort of like Jacob Markstrom, where he used to let in a lot of those goals where they like squeaked under his arm. They squeaked like through the pad, just like weird areas where he wasn't tight enough. Like that's where Seelovs has been letting in his goals because that's just physically like uh, as an athlete in the crease, like he's incredible. I think Seelovs moves extremely well. Uh, in the crease he's also a guy that just you know when when like you know when blank hits the fan like he's he's a guy that you actually like back there and for me like I'm not a big goalie guy but I like that when a goalie sort of looks confident in the situations where like you know there's just like absolute fire alarms going off and you just need to make a save right like I think Seelovs is a really good maker of saves he's not the Mm, best good analysis so I think he needs to work on that it's a good well, nickname, Maker of Saves. Maker of Saves. <laughs> the Bringer of Rain. The Bringer of Rain and Saves. Fabes, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Enjoy the rest of yep, your day. Absolutely. You Chris, bet you guys. Have a good one. That was Chris Faber. Uh, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Get your What We Learns in. We need more of them. Text them into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now for my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 8.33 on a Wednesday. The music today has been something else. Amazing, I believe, is the word you're yeah. looking for. Is uh, did you just did, is flugelhorn your search term? <laughs> it actually started to come up when I typed in Faber. Oh, and I okay. believe we used this as his we theme did. last time he came on. I don't know why this results in this, but it is rather soothing. I enjoy it. There's a Chuck Mangione Chris Faber crossover that I don't quite understand, mm-hmm. but I'm here for it. It feels so good. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. It's groovy. Halford and Brev of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. We're halfway through it. Brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Ooh, someone referred to this as Yacht Rock. I think that's right. I think that's what that is. What a friggin' boost. <laughs> My froth. He's peaked. Yes. So peaked right now. Okay. Uh, it is what we learned time. We have to... Do you have one? At the, I want to count how many we've got in studio here. I don't have a what we learned. Okay. No. A, a dog. No, I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, so to celebrate 
LeBron James being the all-time NBA scoring leader, just an amazing, prolific offensive performance throughout the course of his 20 seasons in the NBA. Uh, two Oklahoma high schools celebrated that achievement yesterday uh-huh. by finishing a game with a grand score of 4-2. to two. Not 42. One team, the winning team, had four points. Right. The other team, the losing team, had two points. Was it how were the points made? Uh, they were both layups, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> late in the game. Late in the oh, it was, it was scoreless for a while, wasn't okay, it? Okay, so in the, the traditional powerhouse game in Oklahoma between Weatherford and Anadarko. Mm-hmm. Do they have the shot clock in Oklahoma? Here's the thing, Jason. As evident by the 4-2 score, they do not. Oh, okay. Weatherford was a powerhouse program coming into the game. So Anadarko said, I know how to handle this. We're going to go for six and seven minutes at a time just passing the ball around. I saw the entire video of the first quarter sped wow. up. To like It's to four times regular speed. But still to be scoreless, even doing that. They just waited until the so end. So they of the never game. shot. They never shot. Until the end of and the game. And they played great D. The amazing part, the balls on these guys, is that at the end, they were they saved the entire game to try and hit a game-winning three. Oh. They were, down, they were down 4-2. That's analytics. That's, <laughs> folks, let me tell you. <laughs> analytics are ruining sports. Ruining you know, high school basketball in Oklahoma. I, I think part of this was also a sort of... I don't want to say F you, but a kind of see what happens when you let this go on. So they, they, there's been this rule that's been there forever about the shot mm-hmm. clock in Oklahoma. And they tried to pass it through at a recent like school board athletic commission meeting. What is it? What is it? Really? Oh, so you, you actually researched this. Yeah, they, they want they're like, we should probably get with the times, the times mm-hmm. being the 1960s and <laughs> get a shot clock in basketball. <laughs> And, but they won't do it. So this happened yesterday. Does so. everyone shoot their free throws like granny style too? In no, Oklahoma? that's the funny part is it's real basketball. They use a peach bucket for their hoop and they have to poke <laughs> yeah, it out after. Yeah, I need to get basket. these peach buckets back. That's why I didn't want to cut the hole in the bottom of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, kudos to Weatherford for weathering that game. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they moved to 20 and one on the year. So oh, uh, good for them. Moo cow all that. Do you think there was someone in the crowd who would be like, ah, I shouldn't have taken the over? Yeah. Why did I? Why am I wagering on also, Oklahoma I, High School hoops? Also, please end this game. It is terrible. Can I point out the fact that you made fun of me for asking about a goaltending situation for the AHL club of the NHL team that we cover, but you bring mm-hmm. up high school basketball in you, Oklahoma. But you know what the difference was, Laddie? His story was interesting. <laughs> I made it entertaining. <laughs> Maybe it's, to you. It's, well, no. It's everybody. Laddie perks up every time. He's like a, like, you know how there are uh, people with the young kids will get this. Like, young kids, most young kids go through, like, an absolute, like, um, they're infatuated with goalies and like yeah. goalie gear. I don't know if your boy went through it. Like, like garbage all, trucks or just everything. Yeah. Like, but, but yeah. a lot of time it's, it's, it's goalie stuff. Like, you're still there. Like, anytime. So we had, um, we had Bob Kravitz on the yesterday. other day. Yesterday. And in his profile picture, he had some goalie gear on. And Laddie was like a six-year-old. He was like, I'm, he, he, are you a goalie? Ask him about the gear. Yeah. Ask him about the gear. <laughs> it it's so cute. Great. I like it. You're, you're, you're passionate about goalies. That's all that we ask for. Goalies and, and the Blue Jays. Even, even if the topics are really boring, like yeah. both of yours are. Um, you got to be passionate about something. You got to be passionate about something, <laughs> right? You got to dive in. I was really passionate about Oklahoma City hoops there for a while. You know, I was like, all right, there's something It's here. a good talking point, though. I, it means I have something in common with them. I have a starting ground for a conversation. That is true. You know? What do you got, dog? 
I like sugar. He likes yeah, sugar. Yeah. He likes cereal. sugar. Yeah. Cereal and video games, movies. To you know extent. what? Those are very versatile. Yeah. Have I you like ever... cereal and video games together. Have you ever come across a fellow cereal enthusiast? Is it like when in, Millhouse? In real life? It's like when Millhouse meet, meets Millhouse. Not that this is in real life, but this is, I'm yeah, trying to. This th- is pretty real, th- bud. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> in real life, yeah. <laughs> this is sure. all fantasy. This I'm, isn't happening right now. It's all in my head. I'm not sure what you think this is right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, it's happen. not what you think it is. Uh, am I dreaming? Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. I haven't met anybody in my life that is as passionate about cereal. As I am, a fellow adult, what does that tell you? Adult, many, right? many people online, but that doesn't count. But like, in you know where I bet you'd meet real them? life at the doctor's office. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dentist that's office. Yeah. Oh, you're here too. <laughs> yeah. Are you the guy from that chat room with the Reddit? Some for yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. I, I suppose okay. I should go to a cereal convention. Focus. Pull it together, everyone. Focus. Hey, you started. There Chuck are- in Vancouver. Chuck in. Just you, you. Be quiet too, because you're not very good at this. Focus. You just yell out focus, and then nobody focuses. Chuck in Vancouver, what we learned, Aaron Rodgers is taking a four-day darkness retreat yep. after, quote-unquote, the big game to consider his NFL future. Yeah. I love this, by the way. He's apparently going to go into a, a house that's just like, I guess has, what, blackout curtains or something? Or is it just it's like four days? It's four days in total isolation and near complete darkness. Yeah. There People is... in solitary confinement in, in like a prison are like, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you know what we call this? Jail. Yeah. But they, uh, there's a slot in the door that they slide food in. <laughs> right. But then otherwise, you are in com- a complete isolated state. No stimulus whatsoever. Sorry, why is he doing this? Uh, he, said, he said friends of his have have done it and have had profound life-altering experiences. Um, you're allowed to leave whenever you want. They don't lock you in a room for four days. So in that regard, it's not really like jail, as far as I understand it. And Throw them in the hole. Yeah, and um, this is obviously not the first time that Aaron Rodgers has done this sort of seeking for a deeper meaning journey in the right. offseason. Because yeah. last season... Was it ayahuasca last season? Yes, that's correct. Right. That, yeah. I, I didn't know how to pronounce it, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> it was like the one with the mescaline. Um, but he's done this before. Um, he is... He's a searcher. He's searching for he's something. He's a searcher, for sure. That's a really good way yeah. of putting it, actually. He's a searcher. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like the fact that he'll say this and be with complete transparency, and he's not making fun of the experience. He's not doing it for a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very difficult to put yourself out like that because then idiots like us are like, just do more mushrooms and you'll be fine, right? Like you don't need <laughs> yeah. to go into a darkness retreat or whatever. But I mean, if you got the time, yeah, or do right, yeah, like darkness he, four days, four days. What would you rather do? Go to a week of work or a week of just like sitting in the dark by yourself see, quietly? Here, here's the do thing: you get paid to sit in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I, I take the dark. Here, I take the dark. I think yeah. I think the test is obviously um, like for anyone that has children. You're like I would the take dark eight, mo the dark. I would take eight days by myself in the dark because right? it's quiet. It was you know? the dank? Who's the dank? I know. I was playing. Was oh, play okay. on all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep I going. I feel like after day two, you'd be like, oh. I think that's part of the challenge. Is that yeah. you'd be like <laughs> day two, you'd be like, ugh. So dark and yeah. <laughs> anyone else? Twenty, 20, 20 minutes with this jerk. Twenty minutes into it, you're just like, oh my god, what am I? Is anyone else getting a dark vibe from this? But god, I, I just keep banging my shit off this coffee table. This yeah. is just super annoying. Is there no light at all? I have complete darkness. I haven't thought this through very well. That's part of the challenge: is you can't find the toilet because it's dark. Um, Random holes as well. You gotta watch. However, however, you know I feel badly for the cleaners after that. So as I try and bring it back 
to center. I assume. Oh, dear Lord, turn the lights back off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's an obstacle course or an episode of Double Dare. I think you just sit in the dark. <laughs> what happened here? What do you eat, chili for seven days straight? <laughs> <laughs> On day six, if you make it that far, they throw a tiger into the mix and they're like, all right. Um, okay, anyway, I think. I know you're trying to be serious here, but let's I'm not. Just stop. But, but is the inherent challenge not to like not go mad? Because I would imagine the first couple, the first little while would oh, I be very- the, I think the inherent challenge, there's not a challenge. The challenge think- is see where your brain goes and see if you have any, like, you, you're probably just supposed to let go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, but I think, because he did say, like, a lot of people can't make that it. That and push-ups. And push-ups. We talk uh, a lot, too. And being somewhere where you can't physically talk to someone, it would be a big challenge for us. You I talk like. to yourself. Oh, oh, God, I'd love it. From <laughs> Rager, what we learned is I watched a full basketball game last night, probably LeBron James, for the first time in 10 years Hmm. just to watch LeBron break the record. And Rager says, I don't recognize the game anymore. Does everyone just run down the floor and throw up shots now? Yeah, pretty much. You know what it looks like? It looks like the old all-star games. Yep. That's what basketball looks like now. Bomb away. Mm -hmm. Bomb, bomb away. And It works. Well, it doesn't. I've seen some... Truly wretched games. I in think the regular it's terrible season. basketball. But um, but it's but that again to to bring it back to the joke. It's like that's analytics. Yeah, stupid nerds have ru- ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. I mean, it's funny because when we were talking to Bob Kravitz yesterday, we among other things to try and alienate our listenership, talked about Purdue basketball. And there's a big Canadian guy, Zach Eady, seven foot four, national player of the year. So he's the best player in college basketball, and he's a he's an actual giant, and. He's going to be kind of irrelevant in the NBA because he doesn't shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Like, there, like, it might be a second-round pick. Like, remember, there was a time where if you had a seven-foot-four giant that was the best player in college, he'd be the number one draft pick. Right. Not going to happen with Zach Eady because the game's changed so much. It's too bad. Uh, Dan, with what we learned, I just realized that Valentine's Day is less than a week away. I better make a dinner reservation. It also means that Jason's playlist – Better be filled out soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. next week is Valentine's Day, six days away. I was actually thinking of the playlist yesterday. Okay. I was going through some songs on my phone and s- seeming emotional. No, nope, <laughs> won't be this. Won't be that. I'm a big, uh, I would say, like, my Valentine's uh, songs are mostly, like, adult contemporary. Yeah. And then when you get the explanation and the backstory, a tad creepy. Right. Yeah. But but very effective. Uh, very, but, I think. but also very adult contemporary. But think of the think of the people that I'm gonna have to uh create a song for. I mean, Bruce Brudrow. I'm yeah. gonna have to because I dedicate all the songs to either um current Canucks and or one former has, Canucks yeah. or the fan base or even other NHL teams. That's got an inherent sadness. To There's it. actually a lot of sad songs that go out. There aren't many like no. encouraging songs. Valentine's Day for some people, it's not a not a holiday. It's a sad day. It is a sad day. Yeah, like the, all those ones that went to the wrestling the one time. Oh yeah, Colin Atwasan. What we learned, by the way, Halford's <laughs> what we learned. Uh, count meter is still at zero. I was talking. What we learned, yeah, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. FA Cup TV ratings are going to plummet now that Wrexham is out. Yeah, Wrexham. They went to the Sheffy. Yesterday, well, I don't Bra- know. Bramall Lane. It's called Bramall Lane. Lane. Uh, it was Sheffield United. The two Sheffields were both in action yesterday in FA Cup. Sheffield Wednesday lost. Yeah, which is just Wednesday. 
And Shet, that, do you know that's uh, that's the team I saw Arsenal play when I went to see the only EPL game I've ever seen was Did they play on a Wednesday. And like and like, I was sitting next to the Sheffield supporters, and they were like, "Come on, Wednesday!" Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, um, yes, Wrexham lost uh, in stoppage time, right? Two goals late. Yeah, it was uh, so Wrexham uh, scored a penalty, then had a penalty saved, and then Sheffield United, the Blades mm-hmm. at Bramall Lane, put it away. With two added time goals. Uh, yeah, you know, so I was thinking about that too, because I watched a bit of the match, and then Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney were tweeting like crazy. The numbers that this thing did were huge, considering it was a fourth round FA Cup replay. Uh, it, got, it was on ESPN proper. Like, that's how big of a deal this was. Um, this is the brilliance of what they've done here is that it's so unscripted that it feels scripted, but it's not scripted. Mm-hmm. They had the victory done and dusted at Wrexham yeah. in the original. They, they were up 3-2. They had done the business. They were on their way to play Tottenham and Harry Kane in the next round. That would have been amazing. But they blew it. And then they had to go to a replay, and then you thought that the magic was going to happen again, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the end of Friday Night Lights when you think that Permian's going to win and they lose. I'm sorry if I spoiled that movie for anybody right there. <laughs> they don't win in the end. <laughs> Dallas Carter takes it. <laughs> yeah, and really should have stomp, stomped them out. They were so I, I actually the don't even out. know how Permian came back in that game. Well, they're gutty. They're gritty. They're, they're gritty. They're like Wrexham. Anyway, uh, Alex, oh, I got I got one. Okay, I fly. Didn't ask us anything. Is this the same one from Alex? They ask us anything. Yeah. Would you go to a sports game if they banned phones the same way that comedy shows do? The shots from the Lakers game last night with literally every photo out was jarring. Every phone out. Phone out, sorry. So taking gotta, a photo was jarring. You, you got to read them properly when uh, you do flag. I went to Chappelle and I got my phone. It does, they don't confiscate it. They give you a, <laughs> they give you a pouch mm-hmm. uh, and then they lock the phone in the pouch. Right. And you can't break in. So all I noticed was like throughout the night, a number of people spent more time trying to break into the phone pouch than watching the show. Right. So I'm like, I guess that's better than filming the show, mm-hmm. but still not great for the attention span. Would you want, would you be on your phone for LeBron shot? Like, would you have, would you have wanted your own, vi- like your personal video of the shot? I've never been one of those people. I've been to plenty of sporting events and I can mm-hmm. see things when they're about to happen. Right, But I say that, and then when we were at the Hollywood Theater for when Alfonso Davies was about to take the penalty yeah. to uh, get the first Canadian goal ever at a World Cup, and we looked like we might take a 1-0 lead on Belgium. Right. I had my phone out. The only reason I had my phone out for that one, yeah. though, was for social media. Like, I wanted to post something. I, I wasn't going to I wouldn't post have done it. that myself. I wasn't going to post it. Right. I was just going to keep it for myself. Because mm-hmm. um, you're selfish. And then it didn't work out. Yeah, the video was actually wildly disappointing. I deleted it quickly. I wanted yeah, to erase so that memory. No memory of that. Whatsoever. No memory whatsoever. But I was. I, but you very rarely, because you usually, you know, the, the, it mm-hmm. happens in the run up of play, like when they actually scored so, their first goal. So when I was at the Elton John concert, yeah. why, uh, th- that was the same night the Canucks hosted the Sabers in their home opener. I was like, "How are things going next door? Not well. All right. Well, the concert's going well. There are these people, um, sitting next to me that like recorded the whole thing." Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? What you know? He makes albums that you can listen to, right? You go to YouTube and watch everything you're recording right now. Yeah. That is weird to me. It's I don't get so that. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, when are you going to watch this? Are I'm, you going to be like, 
Well, that was a crazy Elton John concert. I didn't catch much of it because I was recording it all, but now to go home and enjoy it in the comfort of my own home. Like, you, I, I, anytime I show anyone a video on my phone, it's always super awkward because it either lags or I'm like, can you see and it? And the other person is like, I don't want to see this. Well, the, the awkward part, the one that always makes me think was when I see parents of kids that you know score their first goal or make, get their first major league hit, and they're on their phones recording it. It's like... There's going to be live television recordings That's of this true. hit. Like, enjoy the moment. Embrace be there. the moment. Be, be, yeah. present. be present in this moment with I'm me. with you guys. I've never been much for filming live sports. It, it, the game is filmed. It's on television. Yeah. And also, like, live in the moment. Enjoy it. Try and remember how you felt at the time as opposed to whether or not. Now, some people can do both, right? You can just put your phone up beside you and just press play, and then yeah. you can actually enjoy it and don't worry about the video. And whatever. I don't, I don't want to be one of these old guys that are like kids are on their phone too much because I, I had to set a Twitter limit yeah. for me the other day. Of uh, I tried to make it an hour and I blew by that at like 11 a.m. I mean, that's partly work related. Like as soon as I get home, I'm like, okay, well, what's going on in the world of sports and sure. Twitter is the first stop. But of all the people that say like, you got to put your phone down, I'm one of the worst. Mike and Cloverdale with what we learned. Hashtag WWE what we learned. You can't take the captain out of Bo Horvat. Watching him high-five everyone after the Islanders win last night. Good old Bo. Bo's got some certain characteristics that are going to carry over from Vancouver. He's going to do all the captainly stuff. Very clean-shaven looking, too. He talked about that, actually. He talked about that. He said he had had the baby face. Yeah. Because he couldn't even keep the stubble under Lou's rules. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had to get rid of it. He never had a full... Like, he never looked. Bo was a stubble guy. But stubble, it was wispy. It was kind of like yours. Oh, like, do, you think Lou, do you think Lou is still like shave that? Like he was like Mr. Burns with the side. He's got no, the ruler. You know, there are some. Yeah. There are some. There are some guys that are able to grow like an aggressive five o'clock shadow, mm-hmm. or like their stubble looks manly, and others that don't. But you can't have any of that on on the Islanders. Yeah. Either way, it's gone. There's like the sat beard and then the Mitch Marner like, beard. There's like there's very different. Yes, like Radko Gudis. That guy can Henrik Zetterberg. That guy grew a beard, mm-hmm. right? Like, Henrik Zetterberg. Others had, don't. Jordy Ben, remember that? Yep. Henrik Zetterberg's beard just, had his own locker room. He didn't shave his beard. He just shaved the spaces on his face that he wanted to not have hair. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it was. It was just <laughs> this face of hair, and he could grow it overnight if he wanted. He'd wake up the next morning and he's got a brand new beard. Here's a text. I had my phone out filming the Sinines in overtime in their final home game from row one on the glass, and I wish I would have just enjoyed it. See, that's a lesson out there. Let it be a lesson to you. I try and enjoy those moments. I remember that I was in the press box for that one. And I remember thinking, like, remember this. Remember this because it's pretty special. Yeah, it was a great moment. And then I took a picture of it because I knew I'd forget. (laughs) Quick, where's my phone? Uh, Okay, I did two What We Learns. Not a big deal, but that's pretty impressive. So we'll try and match that record tomorrow or maybe even break it. But for now, we got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.